0: enlightenment for the sake of all beings, not only just for our own sake to become free of suffering, but to attain enlightenment for the sake of all beings, so that we are sort of doing it for the whole world community, all the community of living beings, instead of just ourselves, following the pattern of all enlightened beings, Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, Arhats and Sages who, who sought that freedom and, from suffering and happiness and bliss, not just for themselves, but for all beings. And so we should think about that first and find out in ourselves, looking into our own mind, elements of inferior motivation and try to combine them into one great motivation, the great aim of life, the great purpose of life, which is to achieve total enlightenment, which means complete bliss born of complete awareness of the nature of the world, which is bliss. And being so blissful, wanting others to feel bliss, which is therefore love and compassion for them. If we do this study together out of that great motivation, then we will really get great benefit from it. Ironically, as, they say, as the Dalai Lama likes to say, when you generate a mind of compassion and altruism, meaning seeking the benefit and welfare of others, the first person who benefits is yourself. (laughs) As he says, if you're going to be selfish or self-centered, at least be a wise selfish or a wise self-centered. He always says that. I love that one. It's really great because even though you haven't made anybody else any happier at all, by wanting to make them happy, you become happy. This is the... This is one of the many paradoxes of life that I think are really wonderful. So let's think about that. And at the same time, we'll come back to the topic of refuge in a little while. We could also think a little bit. We could do the refuge tree, the jewel tree, because I'm fond of that nowadays. And that is we should think that here with us, we're not alone here. Just the 40 or 50 of us, however many are here. But here with us is the whole sky full of enlightened beings our own enlightened beings they don't have to be buddhist they don't have to be this or that deity or particularly they could be any kind of living people could be our parents could be our local rabbi minister priest lama roshi whatever friend a visionary being guide, spirit guide but they're all here they're just right up the roof is like an illusion They're right up there in the sky and they're with us, they're smiling, they're happy, they're sending us their blessings. So we're doing this in this space of tremendous support and encouragement of all the enlightened beings. And we're doing it within the framework of our motivation, which is a motivation of aspiration and determination to become fully enlightened beings, fully aware of our own reality, which is bliss, actually. I was in, uh, at MIT last night giving this, a talk on this called Awakening to Bliss. And uh, I was challenging the scientists there with the Buddha's science and the Buddha's scientific discovery, which, of course, Buddha's great discovery is the discovery of nirvana. It is not the discovery of suffering. that Any idiot can discover suffering. Well, there's so much of it. You know, just bang your head on the wall and you've got it. And so that is not what Buddha discovered really, but what he discovered was the way out of suffering. He discovered that nirvana, and nirvana is, at first he presented it in a more conservative way as the freedom from suffering, the blowing away of suffering. But later he made that clear that that means bliss, happiness, real happiness. And therefore he is one who discovered that our birthright, our nature, our destiny, our actual reality, and our true nature is bliss, actually. Every cell, every subatomic energy, the strong force of the universe holding atoms together, in fact, is bliss. is That is what Buddha's discovery was. So that's kind of comforting. It's a good way to begin, and it fits, actually, with the idea of the real title of the Book of the Dead, the Tibetan Art and Science of, of Death and Dying. Because the reality of things is bliss, or, or what they call bliss void indivisible. And therefore... When all is lost, when all is let go of, when all is abandoned, what you fall back into is not a dark nothingness of oblivion, it is not some sort of terrible, frightening potential state of suffering. When all is let go of, when all is really given away, given up, what you left with is an ocean of bliss. What you are merged with, what you are, is an ocean of bliss, your cells and atoms and brains and bones and bloodstream and organs and mind and thoughts and all of it is nothing but bliss bliss void indivisible and it is by stripping away the falsehood stripping away the delusion which causes the suffering that you discover that so in this light also the experience of what we think of as death is actually the great stripping away and therefore death becomes a tremendous vehicle the dying process becomes a tremendous vehicle, a tremendous uh, benefit or you could say like a boat or something which you can sail right to the depth of reality in if you know how to do it, if you learn consciously what it is, if you try to overcome the delusions that bring fear and suffering. So it's actually a great opportunity in fact. So it took me I think 40 years of dealing with Buddhism to finally realize that actually Buddha's discovery was happiness and bliss. Because our tendency is to think that, you know, something religious must be something that makes sense of our natural state that we seem totally inured to and actually almost in a weird way comfortable with, which is the state of being (laughs) semi-miserable. Anytime we're not semi-miserable, we feel really nervous like something's going wrong. Like, oh, I feel really happy today. What happened to me? Am I going to have a disaster? Am I is something awful going to happen? If you meet a friend who's really happy, you worry. What happened to you? <laughs> what did you take? What did they do to you? Are you freaked out or what? We're very nervous and uncomfortable by being happy. Why? When we because that's how we're conditioned and brainwashed. So now we remember we're in the between. And here, that's what the first verse says. Hey. Now, when the life between dawns upon me, I will abandon laziness as life has no more time. Unwavering, enter the path of learning, thinking, and meditating, and taking perceptions and mind as path, I will realize the three bodies of enlightenment. This once that I have attained the human body is not the time to stay on the path of distractions. So this is where we are right now. We are in the life between. Understand, it's not like we're reading about the between, which is somewhere else. This is the between. This between, what is this between? This is the between between birth and death. And the nature of the life between is that sort of a sense of biography, a sense of, oh yeah, I have a past that I remember back there. I have a future that I anticipate with my pension and my plan and my bookings and my reservations and my appointments and all of this, and that's there and it goes on up to that point of time or some imagined or of course probably forever we sort of think we tend to think unfortunately. And then I'm here now sort of in this moment but the moment is like sort of quickly going by. And so this picture that we have is completely incorrect. Where actually we are is we are actually in a lo- one long infinite moment. That's all that we ever are in and it has no time to it it is both timeless and infinite where we are now and everything is here now and so then see the thing about nirvana is which which is our reality right which is the buddha's message to us that we're in nirvana now we're all in nirvana you've been in nirvana you've always been in nirvana you always will be in nirvana but you can remain semi-miserable for as long as you want You can carry on with it endlessly. The samsara is like an endless wheel and circle. That's what the Buddha stated. That is to say, you can follow your delusions instead of becoming wise, you know, and discovering your nature of reality. But the great thing about it is, however long we stay in samsara, in suffering, and I'm sure I'll stay longer than you, because I'm particularly stubborn, when we do get into nirvana, this is what I've been thinking about lately, and it really flips me out, because it cheers me up a lot when we do get there since we will be discovering our reality and since because it's our